0: kvbl radio financials podcast i alluded to it earlier that i wanted to touch on the upcoming free agent period next season to see um what teams had as far as the current cap available cap what we kind of projected their numbers to be you know who's going to have max slots if people going to have two max slots you know what free agents might be on the market and it's kind of interesting because when you kind of look into it there I mentioned in a chat yesterday that there were a couple Hail Mary moves a couple teams could have made two teams actually one in particular that I was looking at that we'll get to but um But if people wanted to get really creative with Cap, what could they do? Now, the funny thing is that we're going to have the unintended consequences of next year's free agent period as well. Everybody, you know, of course, Ricky will be the main one who points it out as well. Yeah, there might only be four or five high end guys. As I get team by team, you'll see that there's like upwards of almost 20 guys that in theory like are useful. Now, I don't know if some of these guys are, are MLE worthy, but they were kind of the expirings of note on people's teams, including the ones that you'd think would want to be extended. So you have so many teams that I think right now have these legit expirings. Aside from the teams with the guys that you want to pay, um, but clearly there's going to be a lot of teams with cap, and then there's also the potential for some of these teams to create cap. <clears throat> so if we're starting at the top, we got the Blazers. I have the Blazers projected at 94 million already, and this is I think without Kevin's. I think if you look at it the way because he extended Yard to an absurd contract, I joked about it in the forums, but he's got um he's got five five guys with like seventy million in cap and then eighty if you include McMahon and now i I think yard and so it's he he, most likely is going to have to dump brick at some point. We obviously can't say it enough to maintain his roster. But I want to say he's he's looking at hard cap situation, and that might be even without whatever he has to do with Kevin's. But he's pretty much right up against the cap. He's technically in the worst situation of anyone. But if we know anything, we know that Ricky is obviously the most capable person as as far as getting himself out of trouble. <clears throat> now, ironically enough, that and and I'm going to go in order of what teams. I, I project their salary on the books. And what this might have been was I might have looked at a team that's going to have a restricted free agent. And most likely the restricted free agent is going to get paid. So when we get to those teams, I think uh, I can I can look at it, at it, glance at it real quick. So the next team I had was the Nuggets as far as projected money. And that was because he's got a lot of guys in the books already, a lot of these youngsters. And he's got Corbin Paxton. Now, a lot of these teams also could – like there's a ton – Of random first round picks And to kind of To kind of get off topic here For a moment And I know Um with the way that the drafts are nowadays is people talk about dead money since it's a lot harder to technically cut guys so to speak granted the whole league is pretty much financially stable right now but yeah a lot of these first round contracts eat up salary so there's a ton of teams with random guys that if in theory they just wanted to dump on other teams and make it worth other teams while, yeah it can happen but you know if the Nuggets have a handful of those guys but I project the Nuggets to be around 80 and I think that's with potentially cutting a couple guys that they could cut as well as extending patents so I mean, there's a team that's not going to have cap, but they're also, you know, I think uh, Kenny pointed it out last night that he's kind of starting to get into a level where it's going to get tight, but he's got so many young guys that he's paying right now that eventually, you know, you want to say that he's going to consolidate them into a higher level talent. And and, this, and surprisingly enough, the next team I have right alongside him is the Hawks. The Hawks I have projected at $80 million. and And again, that's because he just paid Wentz. He's already got sacks and tolls under contract. But he's still got some youth but i mean he's i think that ultimately that team is going to be flexible as far as what he's going to be able to do but you know it's surprising that come into next season that's going to be the team with the third highest cap i have the sixers right in after them at number 4 with a 79 million dollar cap and that's pretty much because he spent a lot of money i mean there's a guy that i think had like a maybe a max slot this off season and spent so much money that it took him all, all the way up to 79 after him, we have the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors are projected to be at 79, and it kind of this is where we start to get into some guys coming off the books. Like Brooks is his big guy that's expiring. Um, is that a guy that's going to be an MLE next year? You know, or, or a guy that's higher than the MLE? You know, we'd have to see. After the Warriors, we have the Kings. The Kings I have projected at seventy nine, and the Kings are a fun one. It's they're not the realistic one that I pegged, but you know they're going to have Prince coming off the books. He's a decent, at least usable point guard. Um, I mean, he's a starter on a on a title team, right? The funny thing is the Kings like legitimately, and this is a real hair mailer. Ma- ma- so we will put the Kings in the same category as the Pacers. Like the Pacers are at sixty nine right uh, projected right now, and if he wanted to dump Eve. Um, or even Clark he could get himself down to a max a max a max slot and that's with Chrome. so so I think did I do that math correctly I want to double check but what I did with the Pacers is they were the ones that I was looking at that oh maybe not maybe that would be the Chrome slot but I know if 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 the idea is if if he would probably have to dump Eve and and Clark. That Yeah, I'm wrong about that. But the point would be is that he would have a max slot if he wanted to maneuver some stuff. So even if he didn't get Cromwell, I mean, he could sign one of his other guys. And there's a couple other teams like that uh, where the Bucks especially is. The Bucks are in a spot where he has Murillo and Sampson. So it's like if he wasn't able to get Mario in theory, with his bird rights, he could technically get another player because he's still got enough salary under the cap for the max slot. So he's going to basically be using his own money, but he's also um, – he would be able to offer the bird rights on Mario and then if he didn't get Mario he would be able to use his his cap his cap to offer another max slot so so bubbles actually has a nice spot as far as he's got a little bit of a of a backup plan if he doesn't get his own guy he still has a slot to be able to try to get go out for someone else's um so Go, but going back to the Kings, so the Kings, it's ridiculous, but if the Kings somehow were to purge almost their entire roster um, to where, like, they basically had their big three left, and I guess most teams, in theory, could could do this, is that the Kings... Could have could technically got like if they dump Sullivan for expiring somehow if it ends up just being like Divine Trog and Joad under contract he could theoretically have a max slot Uh, but so that was a fun one the Wolves of course because they're paying all these young guys I have them pegged at seventy six so they're kind of in no man's land the Bulls of course are in no man's land at seventy one he's going to be a team that's going to be buying and also if you kind of if we would look at this some things that we can kind of look at is these teams that. Are in that 60 to 80 range theoretically should be buyers because if they don't have the ability to create the slot, why not try to take on money that people are getting rid of to move stuff around, take on assets? You know, they're going to probably be in the market for some of these players next year on MLE deals. That makes the most sense. Um but they're most likely going to be your buyers because they don't have really any other reason to, to not do that. Uh, the Celtics we have at 69. So he's in no man's land. He's hard capped this year. He's at 69 next year, but he's got Rake coming off the books. So he's going to be stable next season if Rake walks. But there's Rake. I mean, there's a guy that, you know, is technically would be a useful defensive player that would be on the market. And the Pacers, like I said, I had at 69. But I think that was because he wouldn't have Cromwell. But he does have... Of the potential that he was the one I looked at the Hail Mary now this would have been if he had kept Khan um, because Khan wasn't expiring all he would have had to do was get rid of Eve for an expiring and I think that would have worked where he would have had like 30 million on the books um, to be able to max Crom and max somebody else. I mean, could you imagine Mayor Crom and Air on the same team? Like yes, it's a complete long shot, complete Hail Mary. But that would have been really fun. You know, almost like a like a NBA Knicks type scenario where you're trying to get as many guys as you can, or you know, like the old Miami Heat, you know, kind of deal. But that would have been a fun one. Now he does again, he has Clark now and Eve who are both contracted. So it's like, could you dump both of those guys? I doubt it. But he was the one I looked at that was the most fun because if he would have kept Khan, like I said, he would have only really needed to get rid of Eve for an expiring. And he still could have competed, like flip Eve for an expiring point guard, maybe add some bench pieces that are expiring. And, you know, you're in a situation where you could sign, extend Cromwell and take a shot at another max slot. I mean, that's, a again, massive Hail Mary play. But it was, I think, really fun one when you looked at it. The Nets are right alongside them With 69 million on the cap And again these are projected For if They have to extend any guys But again Patton takes up 20 So there's no secret of why He has so much money on his cap Um but he's got all these youngsters now, and I think he still had Sanderson on the books. Now, of course, this is before we see any of these guys potentially get extended, which is going to change everything as well. But it's just kind of looking at what we, what teams would be at right now should everybody technically hit the market, which we know they won't. We know some of these guys will extend, but I don't think a lot of these veterans will because people will want to wait till free agency. Um, and this could be a completely moot podcast in theory if – Four or five of these guys end up signing And no one really wants the money anymore So the Lions I have at 67 But that is kind of moot But now he has Air and Winters Are set up to be free agent So while everyone's focusing on Air Winters has been a really nice defensive player for a long time So he's got to address both And if we just do the math on that 32 Yeah, I mean he could probably maneuver and do stuff Without me glancing at it deeply Let me look at the team real quick It's going to be, I mean, it, it's almost impossible for him to keep both because he has Beaumont, Silva, and Rosado. So if he maxed both, I don't think, yeah, if he can't max both. He'd be hard capped already. I mean, right now he's up against it. And with all these minimums on the team. So, you know, like there is a good chance that, like we said, is that he goes after these guys. And even if he signs them and it takes him over the hard cap, in theory, he would probably have to resultingly trade one of them. Now, Beaumont technically would become a free agent potential guy next season for the following year. But, you know, I think we are looking at a situation where, you know, we, we got the last potential run here for the Lions. And then once everything shakes out in the off season, then we see what happens. Uh, I mean, again, and we're also assuming that he would be able to retain both guys. But I, I think mathematically, he can't keep all of his five guys because those guys just alone. I think if we looked at that, yep, all five guys would 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 take him over the cap. It looks like. Um, so again, that puts Air and Winters on the market uh, potentially. So he's got a he's got a, a also a, a difficult choice to make as far as you know like. If he could potentially extend one now and then worry about the other during the offseason, then he still at least retains one of the core pieces and then can figure it out later. Uh, Hornets were an interesting team. Um, They're kind of the one team that's in the middle as far as are they going to make a run or are they going to stand pat? You would have loved to see them keep Zampa instead of Wentz. But, you know, here, like, Wentz is the big guy for them as far as being extended. But I want to say they even had um, an outside chance of maybe doing Wentz? Yeah, they're a team that... I might have done this without looking at the fact that Wentz was going to be extended, but I feel like... I feel like they could have been in a scenario where they could have had their core pieces and still had a max slot. I think they were another team that was very doable. 43. Yeah, I, I might be wrong. But if he didn't sign Majidi, he can cut he can cut Hoarder. But, of course, the Stales deal is what screws it all up. So if he didn't have Stales, like if he just let Stales hit free agency and signed him to like a one-year deal and didn't sign Majidi, yes, the team is really thin. But there's another team that could have had, even with Wentz, even with Wentz, could have had the potential to sign a max player. So you know right now he's on the books for it looks like he could get down to I think 53 and that would have been if he purges stuff but I guess that would be all he also has the potential that if he does trim a little bit of this extra stuff is that he could also have be in a spot where whence if Wentz isn't signed he could also take a swing at, at somebody else but as it stands is he would be able to I mean obviously um use bird rights now regardless but uh there's a team that also could have been interesting as far as doing that. Next team I have is the Knicks. Wow, did really Andre Andre really screwed this up? The Knicks are pegged to project; they're projected at 62 on the books, and what I what that includes is Parsons and Danville. I think Parsons and Danville are going to be restricted, and I don't see people. I could see people not paying Parsons, I guess, but I don't think. Danville's not going to get paid, especially in this market with all these teams with cap. So without like completely going into um, restricted, if all these teams are going to have money, you better believe they're going to pay all these guys. So the Knicks are going to take themselves into a, a range where they're not going to have their max slot. They would need to dump Viciola and grimly to get themselves down to where they could have a max slot you know so could they trade one of all of the they have all these youthful pieces i mean i don't know that i'd want to trade a piece to get cap space you know but does he have any sort of random other picks um is there a way for him to get down potentially but he wouldn't have put himself in this predicament again if he did not make some of these deals to take on all this dead money the suns are oddly over the hard cap probably just made the deal to get under now but the suns i have pegged around 59 And technically speaking, because they have Easy and Whipple coming off the books, again, guys who might be randomly, they're probably not even MLE guys, but um, if he wouldn't have signed Bomwell and if he wouldn't have signed Stewart, this free agency, he would have had a max slot. If he would have just kind of stayed the course, he would have had the potential. Now, could he move those guys? Maybe. Um, I know Stewart. I like Stewart. Um, But here's a guy that, again, if he was a little bit more frugal, I think uh, he could have been in a spot where Zay already has some decent young talent and could have had a max slot himself. And then now – so that kind of covers all the teams that I kind of project that are out of the running for having a max slot aside from signing their own guys. And up to this point, we've already covered the teams that have Air, Winters, Wentz, and Cromwell. So, I mean, if we're putting Winters in that group, I mean, that's four, I think, really solid players. And then you have some lower-level guys like Rake and Brooks, you know, that are ultimately going to be useful. So the next level spot we come in is the Jazz. The Jazz were sneaky. The Jazz obviously didn't extend Faison past what he had and they're literally at 54 but Faison's a guy that also could get paid so he's going to be a fun guy that's going to be in the free in the free agent market so the Jazz are poised to have a max slot the thunder of course are right there at 54 million and poised to have a max slot and i at first i thought i didn't take my rookie into account but i did when i did my math thankfully or i would have been a little bit over and that was of course factored into the Ruggins deal. I made sure that if I extended Ruggins and couldn't trade him, that I would still have enough room to have the max slot. Who knows what the Thunder end up doing. They're clearly a team that is could go either either direction. We keep talking about it, you know, as far as to move into the next range, like the, like the Hawks and the Nuggets. So like the money's probably there, but you know, with all of this weirdness going on, maybe they don't necessarily spend it right now. And they got Zib coming off the books. I don't know if Zib's going to be a guy that would be MLE, but the ratings have kind of held defensively. So I feel like that's a guy that, why not offer him the MLE next offseason and, and hopefully, you know, he just ends up retiring because he seems like a useful point guard in today's game, but <laughs> $20 million, no. The Bucks, like I said, are sneaky. They slide in at projecting at fifty three um, for what I have. And again, if someone's pulling up pages, they might be like, "I don't, I don't see it." But there's a lot of guys that look like rookie wise that could be cut. And I think I looked at—I don't think I looked at maybe making de- making trades, but more so were there rookies that a guy probably wouldn't extend. The Bucks have guys like that. Um, now again, the Bucks have to worry about Mario, but sneaky. He enabled himself to be able to go after somebody else if he doesn't sign him. So I like that move. Really sneaky move by Bubbles there. The Raptors, even though they are they have a fun squad right now, and obviously they overpaid Marsh, but what Chili said was he overpaid Marsh because he had the money now and he knew he would still have a, next, a max slot heading into the next season. I can't blame him for that. I don't like the Marsh contract at all. I mean, I think if he turns sideways, um, that's going to be a big, big, a big amount, you know, when he wants to probably start being really good. You know, now... Again, everyone's going to have money, and Marsh seems to have a market. But, um, but you know, that's a big contract to have long-term. But people like him. And I can see what he was trying to do is get a useful piece, even if he overpays now, because he's still going to have a max slot next year. And that team's kind of rounding out. If, if Vialba if um, starts to progress and is a lot better than what he looked as a rookie, I mean, there's a fun piece, too. And he's got Towery coming off, and Towery has just held on. Towery's a fun guy that if you look at him – He's the defensive ratings have held. He's a guy that seems to play to his ratings. I think he's a guy that ultimately could get paid. Could he get one of those stupid two year deals again next year? I mean, who knows? But I feel like, you know, again, I don't want to completely, he's not in the upper tier, but I feel like there's going to be a useful guy that someone's going to be able to get because he's not going to be want to be extended now. The Cavs, right now, I have them projected at like 51. I think they can get down to like 47, but I don't think they can get into range to have a two, two slots unless they do a little bit more work. But for sure, the Cavs are at least going to be in on one. The Grizzlies, um, surprisingly, have been frugal and they're projected to be at 42 and it is doable for them to get to two slots. Um I think they could they could make it happen. Like for example, if they were to get rid of Franks. I mean, if you wanted to just give Franks away to somebody, you know, somebody might potentially take him, and then there he has the potential to have two slots. But just on the quick math, aside from the teams, like we had said before, that have their own guys, that gives us one, two, three, four, five, six legit teams that are projected to for sure have at least one slot. And this again doesn't count the other teams potentially maxing, you know, their own guy. Now we get into the fun ones. You got the Lakers, they're gonna be at $36 million, which gives them two slots. Cook and Sanders are coming off the books. The Sonics, they still have two slots. They're going to have Miles Evans and Draymond coming off. Miles Evans is a guy that's going to get paid. Um, the Rockets, they have $36 million. Honestly, they can even shed more, so they're going to have two slots. The Clippers are still poised to have two slots, and they're fun because they have um, Sudbury and Zampa. They could be a real player uh, moving forward if they were to get a pick in this upcoming draft as well as to land a free agent. And then the Heat, I project them like they have con coming off the books, but I project them that if they were to move Bailey and move off of. I guess he's trying to move Bernard, who's definitely a useful, um, a useful guard. There's a market right now for guards like Bernard, Develas, Rugins, you know, and obviously here's one that's probably priced to move faster than the other guys. So I could see him moving off the Bernard money, but he would have two slots if he doesn't have Bailey. I think. Um, So, I mean, that gives us one, two, three, four, five teams with the potential of two slots combined with the six that have one slot. I mean, so that's if like when it comes to what Ricky was saying, I mean, he's right. So that's like if and and we have to count the two slots as two spots because we're looking at the potential of signing a guy. So that would be five plus six. We got eleven. And then we would have to look at the Lions being able to extend their two guys. That would be 13, as well as the Pacers is 14, and then the Hornets is 15. So there's 26 teams in the league, and we have 15 potential slots for for these guys. And now I counted a lot of guys, but you mean like who's who's maxworthy? You know, right off the top, Crom, Air, Wentz. Um, that I mean, is that three guys? A Mario? I would put him in the category. So we got four guys there, you know, Winters, I think is it a category of he could technically get maxed just by default, because you want to steal a piece from the Lions and people have money. Um, I feel like Miles Evans is going to get paid, you know, and then we have a lot of these veterans who probably get random deals like what happens with Khan, you know, we obviously know people aren't going to play Draymond, but like people eh, throw these single year deals like Towery, Samson's a fun one from the Bucks. Um, I don't say so most of these guys look like MLE guys Aside from maybe the younger guy Like a younger one like Evans Maybe even Samson But again that's that's 15 slots To what did we say like maybe 5 or 6 So yeah I mean you, that would be like a thir- You have a 30% chance Of landing a decent player You know I mean Somewhat of a difference maker I think So I feel like when we do talk about financials I mean that's not terrible A 30% chance of landing a solid player that's going to have more of an impact than probably guys you trade, and that would be the argument for BJ going out and adding market. Is do you think market fits that range? And and I feel like it it it, it was almost like a he had two two shots at it, so why not do it? So it's like. For him to sign Market now, rather than a thirty percent chance of going after one of these guys next year, where if, when we look at his money, he might not have even had it. Clearly, um, is you know I think he did well. You know Market clearly isn't as sexy as a guy probably as Wentz, but like I like that guy. You know he 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 can score. I like the free throws. You know he can still rebound, defend a bit. The ratings are nice. What's funny is I feel like that guy's been in the league forever, but it, he was he did come in at like eighteen. So he has been around for like nine seasons, but it's crazy to think that he's only like twenty seven. So a really nice fit for the Hawks But I can see why he did that So I don't know what we Kind of looked at That we didn't know before Other than just going into it in more detail But I think what was really fun is to look at a team like The Pacers especially And maybe even the Hornets was is one that I didn't look at At first glance But the Pacers was was the fun one That imagine him purging his roster to where the, the guys left would have been um, On I think the guys That were still going to get paid would have been Mayor and Bingham And that to be able to take a swing and extend Cromwell. And then also maybe what if he added air? What if he added air to <laughs> air to Cromwell, mayor, and, uh, and have Bingham too? I mean, that's, that's like, that's just ridiculous. And it's like, would you punt this season to take a swing at that? Probably not. And cause what you're going to have to do to purge the rest of the team. But the funny thing is, again, it could have happened. It was very easy while he had con to just be able to try to get off of Eve. But again, I don't know that he would want to do that. On the last year of Crom, do you want to give up on that, and and potentially just waste a season, lose him for the chance of getting a crazy thing? But again, we haven't seen any of these extensions yet, so I guess I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Where you know we talk about again, this is where Ricky would be like, you're not paying attention. Is we talked about the sixteen, fifteen, fifteen slots, and these are assuming these players are available. You know, so if if it shrinks and we see that. You know, Cromwell extends and like Wentz and that leaves like two high-end guys in the market or three. Do teams start now thinking, hmm, maybe I need to go into the different direction. Maybe I need to look at being a little bit of a buyer and changing things up. And we already know that the Bulls transitioned uh, into pseudo-competing because he signed Chow. So that opens up a whole other team that is looking to compete. And and like we talked about earlier, is there's enough teams in that range that aren't going to have cap that in theory – I'm assuming they're strapped this season because all these numbers were projected. But next season it's going to be fun because even all these teams that are going to miss, you're going to have teams that are technically stable. I mean, it's crazy to look at the fact that like we only have only have three teams at eighty. I mean, one only the Blazers, really. The Blazers are at, I have projected at ninety four, and everybody else is eighty or below. You know, so it's like even if people sign the MLE and Mins, it's like everyone is just so financially like prudent is that the right word that everyone's done such a good job um taking care of their cap and things haven't gone outrageous that like where's the money gone Like people aren't going giving out crazy deals anymore, I guess maybe because we haven't had random vets hit free agency that people overpay. And that remember, I I did talk about that when we were talking about the free agent classes is that if we have this run of bad free agent classes and only a few guys get paid, then there's clearly a less amount of money in the league. And if if rookies get extended cheaply, if some of the rookie classes are bad and guys don't get paid – so we're definitely in a phase right now where where money's available. You can move stuff around i think I think pretty easy um once the dust settles after where uh where these guys end up cap wise <laughs> Um, and again, after free agency, next season is going to be even more fun. I think because P- everyone's going to have all this extra money to just move stuff around. P- piece, pieces can be traded. You can have people that won't even need to match because they can just absorb salary. Uh, so people that want like you know, we're already talking about how fun it is right now, but <laughs> but the, once this season's over, it's going to get next season's going to be really fun. The free agency, the the resulting deals and whatnot. Um, it's fun. So, started a little ramble there for a little bit, but we got a quick one in, and and, uh, I thought that was kind of a little fun thing to look at. Talk to you later. We do still have some, oh, by the way, we still have one more thing that we're going to try to attempt to drop for you before the season starts, of course, because we haven't really talked about what everybody's team looks like. So, uh, got something on tap for that, and when that happens, you'll see it. Peace.